We've all heard the saying, random acts of kindness. My guest today doesn't believe in those. Her name is Natalie Silverstein, and she's the author of a new book, Simple Acts, The Busy Teen's Guide to Making a Difference. We're talking about being good, doing good, and creating a little more good in this world on this episode of Pick Up the Six podcast. And speaking of doing good, the guys at One Nation Coffee are doing a bunch of good through the One Nation Foundation dedicated to vets, first responders, and service men and women across our communities. We love One Nation Coffee because they pick up your 6 a.m. We love it. And their owner, John Richards, is the real deal. We're big fans of what they're doing from the front lines to the front porch. They have your back with the highest quality coffee available, roasted to orders in sizes that fit your life. They're veteran owned and operated, and they're all about making a great product and giving back. So hit up their website, onenationcoffee.com and use the code PUT6. And that's the number six, PUT6 and save 10% off today. Check them out, onenationcoffee.com. This is Pick Up The Six Podcast. Ryan Jodas back once again for another episode of Pick Up The Six Podcast. I've got Natalie Silverstein with me today. Natalie, it's good to see you and have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. This is really great. So nice my, to be You too. Uh, Heidi Johnson sent you my way and I said, Heidi's good people. And I know Heidi knows good people. And so this is just another opportunity for good people to share some good conversations. So I'm thrilled to, to be able to do it. Absolutely. And I, you know what, I love the name of your podcast. Obviously I read up on what that means and I was kind of familiar with it because I come from a military family, an immigrant family, but a military mm. family. And it's funny, it sort of dovetails with one of my favorite expressions, which is we rise by lifting others. You know, this notion that we're not going to get anywhere unless we turn around and help the person behind us. So when I wrote, read that on your website, I was like, I don't know, we're just meant to be together here today. Yeah. Well, how much you want to tell me about that immigrant family with a military background? I'd love, I mean, I wasn't planning on it, but I'd love to hear a little bit. About I know. That. Well, um, so my parents came from Ukraine, which um, suddenly mm. is interesting, you know. Oh, goodness, absolutely. <laughs> I am a Ukrainian American, 100%. I was born here, but my mom and dad were born there. They were in a displaced persons camp um, during the war. And at the end of the war, um, they came over. Um, my mom's family was actually sponsored by an organization that helps refugee families to come over. And, and be settled here. And it still exists in some form. And she worked on a farm and then she moved to New York where she ran into my dad again and they were married. My dad did fight in World War II. He was in a um, he was taken as a prisoner of war, unfortunately, and was forced to fight um, and was in a foxhole that was um, blown up and was reported dead. So that was fun. And he had, he carried shrapnel in his body. He died uh, almost 20 years ago. He carried shrapnel in his body from that um, experience. And I've got to believe that some of the trauma from that really informed <laughs> the kind of not so easy person that he became. But um, mm -hmm. I have a brother-in-law who's 20 years retired uh, U.S. Army. I have a cousin who was a Navy pilot, another cousin who's uh, West Point. I believe he's a general now um, in the reserve. So I don't know. We're just... Um, on all sides, we have yeah. uh, Marines and, you know, all of that. We just uh, are people that, you know, believe in serving our country. And um, one of the big pieces of the work that I do in helping families to do service outside of the home is how can we support our active duty military and our veterans? Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I think people forget about them. And these are folks who are sacrificing so much and are away from their families. And what can we do to just send them some love around mm -hmm. the holidays? 
or anytime. Um, so some of my favorite organizations, you know, Operation Gratitude, the USO, Operation Paperback, um, Soldiers Angels, all that, all that good stuff. It's like our good friend Christy Lucas with uh, Roots for Boots, who's an organization in uh, central Pennsylvania. That what I love about the way Christy does, and she was one of the early episodes of Pick Up Six podcast. You guys go all the way back to the beginning. She was one of our first handful. She's just a great human being, great American. My parents live close to her and, and spend a lot of time uh, helping her organization. They do gratitude bombs, these gratitude grenades, I guess is what they call them. <laughs> but Christy's whole thing is like she's super proximate, right? Like she's just, she'll help veterans wherever they are, but she's just trying to help veterans in central Pennsylvania. Right. And and she does uh, a ton of that. Um, man, grateful for hearing about that. Um, I can't imagine as Ukrainian American what the last few months have been like. Yeah, it's family, right? You guys are out, you're gone, right? But but still to look at just the everything that's going on, it's gotta be tough. It's really heartbreaking in a funny way. You know, I, I've never visited the country. Um, my mom passed away in October at the age of 90. Mm. And it you know, tough at the end. She was really declining and all of that. But, you know, we spoke Ukrainian in the home. We prayed in Ukrainian. We, our music, our art, I danced. I went to Ukrainian school. Like it's very, I, I was raised in a Ukrainian home. And so it's always been a part of my, you know, identity, but I'm also an American, right? I was born raised here and educated here and all that. And then this all started happening and it really brought up a lot of grief around the loss of my mother because I would see these women on the television mm them on the news, these old women that they say, well, how do you feel about this? And they're like, give me a gun. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fight. I was in Afghanistan. I'm here. I'm not leaving my home. And wow, it is hugely emotional um, to see these women who look so much like my mom, who, who sound like them. Mm-hmm. I interpret for my family what they're saying before the interpreter on the television starts to say. Um, so it is, it's, it's really um, heartbreaking and infuriating. Um, and of course, in typical fashion, it's been several months now, and I think we've all moved on to another news cycle, unfortunately, um, but the damage continues to be done. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it, except yeah. I feel like this isn't right. <laughs> And this is a sovereign country that was independent and is um, being deprived of its ability to just live free. And um, I think that that's what we believe in as Americans. So it has been it's been an interesting processing process. Uh, yeah. the processing of my mother's loss has really come much more through the through the lens of this um, really heartbreaking invasion. So, yeah, I, I no answers here for this. Yeah. Well, thanks for being willing to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. You know, I, I get worried similarly that events, you know, just become so fleeting. You know, we're coming up on a year of 13 Marines killed in Afghanistan during the withdrawal. And we don't get into the political sides of right or wrong or, or what happened. But but that's that'll be a year ago, July, like July, August time frame. That'll be on us. Uh, one thing we might do is maybe we'll check in with our friends who are a big part of that Afghan evac and just talking to our audience a little bit and see if we can maybe get a one year later update from those guys. It'd be good to, to look back on it. Well, thanks for sharing that, Natalie. I know it's, you know, not easy to do it. And I can understand why seeing those images on the screen right after losing her in October, thank God, honestly, she probably didn't have to witness that. That's I, that is the one thing repeatedly. Yeah. I'm so glad that she didn't have to see it. She would have probably had this sort of shoulder shrugging, like no, nothing new here because yeah. this, Ukrainian people, Eastern European European people are so used to this sort of behavior. But mm-hmm. after a while, to see those images, it, it would have yeah. been really, really hard for her. So, yeah, in some ways, I'm I'm grateful that she is at peace. Yeah, well said. 
Hey, let's talk a little bit about your journey and just out there trying to do good, right? And I just get the sense from talking to you early and and I know there's there's a lot that happens before that, but just kind of take me into when you started doing work with the Doing Good Together organization, because I think that became kind of a catalyst for you for looking for other outlets and to, and to help guide people through. There's a lot of us out there, all of our listeners, like, I want to do some good. I want to, I want to do th- I want to do good things. What can I do? I got a lot going on in my life, right? So just tell me a little bit about that journey to, to Doing Good Together. Bet. And it's such an important organization. I want to make sure that your audience knows about it. The website is doinggoodtogether.org and it's based in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities. But basically I was, um, you know, I had a, a whole career in healthcare, managed care. I worked in hospitals for a lot of years. After my third child was born, I kind of decided it might be time to take a step back from full-time work. And so I was raising my family and, and I think I understood instinctively as parents out there also probably believe that, you know, raising good people, raising grounded, grateful, compassionate, empathetic kids is really hard in this world, Mm. in this society right now, especially. And that probably the most important tool we have to do that is serving others and and hands-on volunteerism. And so I had these little kids in New York City, right? This city of 8 million people with tons of need, tons of wealth and tons of need, right? On both ends of the spectrum. And I simply could not believe, I was appalled actually, that there were very few organizations that would accept us as volunteers. I think parents out there will agree that, you know, you have young kids and a lot of these nonprofits just kind of throw up a barrier and say, oh, mm, kids are too young. Mm -hmm. And I always push back on that. And I said, well, what if my husband and I come? What if we do this? What if we sign a waiver? And they're like, oh, sure. If that, in that case, come on down. I'm like, of course, you know, (laughs) we'd be happy to do all those things. And I think parents want this information. They just don't know where to find it. And unfortunately, we're all so busy and I'm not, you know, casting any aspersions, but I think if you have to really look for it, you're not, it, it it needs to be easy. So I kind of wanted to create this book to kind of roll it all up in a silver platter and and hand it to parents. Um, Because as I started doing this work and as I partnered with Doing Good Together, for whom I am the New York area um, representative, create a listing of family-friendly volunteer opportunities in New York City. And I I pushed that out to subscribers, thousands of subscribers. And now, since I started doing that work for Doing Good Together, there are, I don't know, 10 or 12 other cities across the country where you can find a branch of Doing Good Together. So I started doing that work and I became like, you know, the service lady with the Rolodex, right? Mm -hmm. calling me up and sending me emails. Hey, where can I donate these old coats? You know, how can I do something for Christmas or Thanksgiving? And and I just became that resource instead of Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought there's a book here. I'm also a writer and I enjoy writing. So I was like, hmm, I've got a lot of stories about doing this work with my own kids. I have a lot of resources and places that I know about all across the country, national organizations. I'm going to put this all together in a little resource guide. And I wrote a proposal and stuck it in a brown paper envelope and a, and a publisher bought it. So it's sort of one of these things like midlife change. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really truly is now, I believe, what I was meant to do. This is my purpose. This is my passion. This gives my life tremendous joy and meaning. And I didn't find it until I was, you know, in my 40s, basically. Sometimes it takes that time. And, and listeners of our show know when we describe this as doing what you were born to do for those who you were born to serve. That's right. right? Uh, and that was that for you. The name of that first book is Simple Acts, The Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back. I want to talk a little bit about what's in it. You also have a new book coming out soon, and we're going to talk about that. And that's the Busy Teens Guide to Giving Back. So we're going 
another level. What did you learn through the process of sitting down and not putting pen to paper, but putting fingers on keyboard to uh, to write that first one, to put all that sort of into a, a user manual? And it's more like it's more like a textbook, right? It's more like a, a way for you put your hands on this thing. We're going to walk you through what to do here. Yes, it's very actionable. And that was what I really wanted it to be. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to be theoretical, right? So I do have a few things in there, personal stories, and I try sure. to start every chapter with a little introduction about why this is important. But generally, I want it to be very actionable. So step-by-step, tips, resources, ideas, suggestions. Here are some websites to check out. Here are some organizations. Organizations would really appreciate your help. And I I broke it all down into different, very manageable things. So people say, oh, I don't know where to start. Your kid is going to have a birthday. I promise you every year, your child is going to have a birthday. What if you could figure out a way to insert one small thing, one little note of gratitude or service or kindness into their birthday party celebration? And so there's a whole Hmm. about that, how to decorate And then how to decorate the tables and then donate those things to charity, how to ask for donations in lieu of gifts and how that can be kind of challenging for younger children to understand. Right. And that how important it is for kids to say, gee, if I have three of the same toy, do I really need three of the same toy? (laughs) Could I maybe share two of those with a child who doesn't have? So there's a chapter on birthday parties. There's a chapter on other milestones. So, um, you know, uh, christening, bris, confirmation, you know, other religious and and cultural um, milestones. There's a big chapter on traditions around holidays, because I truly believe that that's where service typically starts. You know, you'll, you'll often hear people say that this is the work they do around Thanksgiving. This is the work they do around Christmas, around the new year, around Valentine's Day, perhaps. But I also have a chapter that talks month by month. Here are all the holidays. So it doesn't just happen around Thanksgiving and Christmas, because I just want to remind everyone, lots of people who still need our help and need food and need resources and need kindness in January and February and March, April and May. Um, And there are other days that have been designated as national days of service. The Martin Luther King holiday in January Mm -hmm. is not a day to go skiing. That was designated as the Martin Luther King Day of Service. The 9-11 holiday is actually the 9-11 Day of Service. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly how I view it as a New mm-hmm. in New York City on that day um, when that happened 20 years ago. So, you know, there are so many in Veterans Day, the 4th of July. This isn't just about picnics, right, and fireworks. What can we do on Flag Day? What can we do on Veterans Day? What can we do on the 4th of July to help our, our servicemen and women, to help our veterans, to put flags, Memorial Day. What is Memorial Day, really? Is it the kickoff of summer or is it the day that we're supposed to go and remember those who gave their lives for this country and put flags on graves and that sort of thing? So these are just all the things that I tried to lay out for everybody to remind them of. And again, I didn't invent anything here. You know, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm just suggesting that it's all out there for you if you kind of open your eyes and your heart and your mind to it and you're really intentional about it. This has to be, you know, mindful, right? You can't go through your life and say, oh yeah, we'll do some service. I hate that expression, random acts of kindness, because I think every act of kindness is intentional, Mm -hmm. right? You have to wake up in the morning and say to yourself, what am I going to do for somebody else today? And how am I going to role model that for my children? And you think about if you take that mindset of what can I do for someone else today, it's going to take you out of the center of the universe, which trust me, friends, you're not, you're just not, none of us are right. And it's gonna, and that can create such positive habits. 
So I got to think in doing this, right, and putting this out there, you've connected with people who, because we've started doing X, Y, or Z with our kids, we've seen them do, you got share some, just share some success or just feedback you've gotten or just, just good things you've seen happen from being a part of this. um, It's such a, it just breeds, it it generates itself, you know, like, Mm -hmm. This work, if you enjoy it, and of course you will, because inherently it's going to make you feel so great, right? We know that that there is a physiological high, an endorphin rush, an adrenaline rush that we get when we do something for someone else, when we make another person smile. So why wouldn't we want to give that gift to our Mm -hmm. children? As you do this work and you have these meaningful experiences and your family comes together, it's really a point of connection for families. You're going to want to continue to do it. Right. And, and you, you mentioned a good word earlier. You said habits. Mm-hmm. So it, the big the book really talks a lot about the habits of service service. This is stuff that you have to do on a consistent basis. This isn't a one and done. Right. If you go to the soup kitchen at Thanksgiving, that's amazing. But I promise you the soup kitchen would enjoy your service and your time and your energy any any weekend right. of any year of, of the year of any month. And it's so important for your kids to see that you are prioritizing this work just like you prioritize soccer practice and tutoring and hockey and ballet, mm-hmm. all the things that we all manage to find the time for, right? What's that expression? If you want to see what people value, look at their calendar. And people, They're always going to do what they want to do, right? People, And we, and we probably often um, use it as an excuse to an extent, right? Because taking your kids to soccer practice, do those things are all good family building activities as well. But uh, there, you've got to find opportunity to, I think, just be outside of yourself. Some, and you're right. Look, we, I have two kids. The other night, I was running because my wife was traveling. I was running like a crazy man. I'm taking one to dance recital. I'm dropping the other one to the pool for a swim meet. I'm timing it to where our friends are there with that one. I'm able to. Time fills up fast. We all have the same amount. 168 hours a week, right? Like we all have the same amount. Yes, that you, if you find the time for all those important things, and they are, and this is a particularly busy time of the year, but like on a Sunday. If you have time for all those other things, I think by showing your kids on our way to this other thing, we're going to go ahead and drop these donations off yep. at the pantry or yep. at a homeless shelter. You're showing your kids that this is just as important. It's not that it's more important. Yeah. It's, yeah. The same. it's, it's a priority for our family because this is how we operate in the world. And so um, that first book was really just trying to show families that you don't have to change everything. You don't have to uproot your lives. You don't have to have a big checklist. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It is just supposed to be an organic part of the way that you move through the world and how you role model this behavior for your kids. This is who we are as a family. When other families look at us and think about us and our community, what do they associate with us? What is our family known for? Does your family want to be known for being the best in academics and the best in hockey and whatever maybe? But wouldn't it also be wonderful to be known as a really generous and kind family? Yes. Isn't that ultimately yes. the goal of raising these people? Because mm-hmm. I would argue that successful kids, by definition, are good kids. Kids who care about other people. Yep. So that should be the, the baseline. All right. Here's a free idea. You might have already thought of this one before, <laughs> folks listening, right? Here's a simple, uh, intentional act yep. of kindness. I'm, gonna, I'm using that moving forward. Intentional acts of kindness. On a Sunday with your kids. Uh, with your family, even if you're by yourself, uh, go get a bunch of supplies to create little small Ziploc bags of food, meaning non-perishable food items, cheese crackers, peanut butter crackers, all that sort of stuff. Keep those in your car. The next time you see someone asking for help on the side of the road, you can at least yes. hand them something to eat. Yep. Right. That's an, right. You get the kids involved in that. You make a little 
station, right? Everybody can make an assembly line. Boom, done, easy. You know, care kits, those are called care kits. You can also do toiletries. Mm -hmm. You know, the um, people who are experiencing homelessness, and I think that's really important too, that we use the right language. Experiencing homelessness right now, they are not home a homeless person because mm-hmm. remember they had a home at one time sure. and um, you know hopefully they will have one again but they need toothpaste and toothbrushes they need socks a granola bar you know all these kind of basic items i know women i live written note just tell them you're pulling for them praying yep. for them however you roll absolutely yep. i'm in new york city and i know women who carry granola bars in the bottom of the stroller so as they're walking through the streets and the children see people who are experiencing homelessness, instead of walking quickly past them or whatever, she can pull out a granola bar real, real quick and just hand it to the person because they're hungry and they're asking for food. Yeah. So it's showing the child that we're not just going to, we're not going to other this person. We're not going to act like they don't exist. You know, like we don't see them. They're, they're there. We can't do everything for them that we'd like to do, but this is some little thing that we can do. Yeah. And I think that that's important. And again, these are little drops in the bucket of your life and of your child's emerging character that will come to fruition as they grow into adolescents, into teenagers, into young adults, and hopefully become the leaders that we want, the kinds of leaders that we want who care about. That's right. She's Natalie Silverstein. That first book is Simple Acts, The Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back. You basically finished that one and they're like, you got to do another one. (laughs) My story is I'm at the party, you know, it was my first book and I was so thrilled you know, turning 50 years old. And I published my first book and it was like a magical day and I'm having a piece of cake and I've got all these people coming over to me at the party saying, this is great and everything, but my kids are a little older. So could you write this for teenagers? And I said, could I just finish my cake, my champagne? But yes, obviously I understood um, the publisher that I worked with asked me to narrow that down to younger Mm -hmm. children that's the only people that they sell books to, mm-hmm. but they were able to connect me to another publisher. And so I really wanted this to be a, a little bit of a series because as we know, hopefully children grow up and become adolescents and teens. And as important as it is to start when they're very young, I would argue it is even more critical for this work to be done by adolescents and teens because they start to go inward as we know. Yep to really focus on their own navels and on the devices in their hands. And I think that it is so important as they emerge into people who actually listen and are curious about what's going on in the world and the news that they're hearing, what angers them, what gives them concern, what are they worried about? What are they curious about? They should explore those things and research them and then say, huh, here are my skills, my talents. This is what I'm good at. How can I use my skills to make an impact on that? Yeah, they're becoming active members of society at this point. I want to talk to you about two specific chapters in the book. The first one is chapter one, what's your why? Think about a 16, 17, 18-year-old, a teenager, right? Trying to figure out their why. They might not be able to see further than five inches in front of their face. Nor do they want to. (laughs) I mean, I have a 14-year-old, a 19-year-old, and 21-year-old. They don't. They're very self-focused. But at the end of the day, I would argue that they see things happening in the world and on the news and in their school. And they, they get a little concerned or worried or angry. And instead of just telling them, oh, don't worry about it. The grownups are going to fix it. Give them a little bit of agency, right? Mm-hmm. Let them look. Now, they may not be able to vote, but they can sign a petition. They can ask others to sign a petition. They can start a petition, which there's a whole chapter that talks about this. Um, you know, they can actually go out and help others to register to vote. They can drive people, a 16-year-old with a driver's license can drive people who can't make it to the polls to get to the polls to vote. They can become active members of our electorate without 
actually being able to vote yet. And why wouldn't we give them the joy of that? We want engaged citizens, as you said, right? So it's it's about, there's a, at the end of the chapter, as you saw, there's a, there's a little bit of a self-assessment, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can ask themselves a series of questions. What am I good at? What am, and, it, and I'm not talking about like, real, you know, being a concert pianist or an Olympic swimmer or something. I'm talking about what are your skills? Are you really patient? Are you great with little kids? Are you great with technology? They're all great with technology, right? Do you have terrific handwriting, right? Do you love to read? Whatever your skill is or the thing that you like to do. And some teens might be like, oh, nobody cares. You know, I, I, I like to knit. How is that going to help anybody? I'll tell you how that would help somebody. You could knit a blanket for an elderly person or someone in the military or a veteran. Like there's lots that you can do with knitting, right? I want every teen to look at those self-assessments and see there that no matter what it is that they worry about or that they're good at or that they want to get involved in, there is a way. And it might just be a very small thing. Again, back to this simple acts, busy teens, I get it. You know, they're very, very busy. And I start right off the bat by saying, how are you supposed to change the whole world when you have soccer practice and homework and the SAT and a part-time job and you have to pick up your sister at school? How are you supposed to change the world? You're not. You're not going to change the world. But there is something you can do. You can hold more for the person behind you. You can shovel the snow for the elderly person next door. Right. There is you can pick up your own trash or you can pick up the trash that your buddy just threw on the ground and tell him, hey, man, you should pick up your own trash. There is something you can do. And I just think it's a mindset. So that's this book takes the same form as of the first book, but it's written for teenagers, yeah. which is challenging, you know, because teen- luckily you've got some to be <laughs> you've got a pool around you to be able to pull from. I love the interactive, right? The ability to sort of take some notes, track your progress as you're you're going through this, which I think is very important. Let's talk about chapter six. Turn okay. time off. Yeah. Time on. What are you talking about? Well, you know, we have a summer break. We're, we're in it right now. We have a spring break. We have a December break. We have nice long weekends. As I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. we have a Martin Luther King weekend in, in January. We have Veterans Day off. Um, I am not suggesting that kids, teens do not deserve and have not earned the ability to sleep in a little and watch some television, of course. All I'm saying is, as you're going about your life and thinking about the way that you're going to spend your time when you have time off. And it can be a longer period of time, like three months in the summertime or very short, you know, a couple two, three day weekend. What part of that weekend or that time or that three month period could you use to perhaps find an internship with a nonprofit? And I would also add for the parents out there, these are really good experiences and stories and things that they can learn and apply to college applications and essays, to internships and job applications, interviews, you know, when they're applying for a grant or a scholarship, you want them to have a richness of experience and service gives them that. It exposes them to concepts and ideas and people that don't look like them, Mm -hmm. right? Is Mm -hmm. the absolute best thing for a young person is to serve others in the community so that they can be around people who are not exactly like them. So all it is, is just showing them for if, regardless of how much time you have, three days, two weeks, a whole summer, here are some things that you can do right? Internships, jobs, social entrepreneurship, maybe start a little, a little business, you know, the lemonade stand, but make it such that you can make a little money for yourself and give some money to charity. So I talk about fundraising in there. And I'm just, it's, again, it's a mindset shift that not every day that you get off from school should just be 
complete lounge time. Mm-hmm. How can you be doing something good in your community that will ultimately benefit you on your time? And, you know, the, the, I'm sure a challenge with teenagers, mine are still younger, is just an attitude. There's an attitude thing, right? So, and it's, and it's not, oh, I have to go serve, you know, it's, it, if you can work with them to understand, and maybe it's just by starting these positive habits is you get to do these things, you get to have a positive attitude. I'll give you an example, right? So my kids are on a, lo- a local swim team. This is their first year doing it. And the main, they've got all these teenagers who basically are their coaches, but there's kind of like one senior level at, the, at this pool, this guy, his name is Ryan. He's awesome, dude. He's got such an incredible positive attitude when he's coaching and doing all these things with the kids where I'm like, adults are going to see that. And that kid's going to be wildly successful for the rest yeah. of his life because he's got a good skill set, right? He's a hard worker. He's also just got an incredibly positive attitude, which can carry you a long, long way. Yeah, and that's a choice. That's a hundred percent a choice. Positivity, optimism, kindness, Mm -hmm. hopefulness. These are all choices. And I would also argue he's doing something he loves. He loves to swim. Yeah. So, or he's really good at it. So he found a way to take the thing he is good at and he loves doing. And now because he can teach other kids or to get them pumped up about it, he knows how much joy he gets from swimming. He wants to share that joy with others. That's what it is. You just nail on the head there. I had a dad call me recently and say, I have a 13 year old son and he really loves the game of squash. Can you help me figure out a way for him to give back around squash? Now that was a new one on me. Sure. Let's think about that. Squash is an expensive sport. You have to rent um, a court, right? You have to have probably expensive equipment. It's very expensive in New York city. Could he possibly go to the place where he takes squash lessons, ask for donations of equipment, ask the people there that he, you know, that he knows to donate some of their hours. Then can he partner with a local school for under-resourced kids to say, hey, who wants to learn how to play this cool game? That's sort of like tennis and sort of like something else. And you hit the ball against the wall ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he could describe it to them. And then he could teach kids how to play this game that who knows could turn into a scholarship for them to get to college. And it's what he loves to do in the first place. So that's the key. You've absolutely hit it right there is finding the thing that they are passionate about. And I hate throwing that word around because that's a really hard word. And I know teenagers are rolling their eyes yeah. probably. The thing that, so let's call it something else. What is the thing that you love to do? And even if it's video gaming, right? Everybody listening is going to be like, my kid just wants to stare at the video games. Well, maybe there's a way to connect with younger kids. There's a way to do coding with younger kids. Mm. Maybe there's a way to do a competition. Maybe there's a way to do a fundraiser for another charity that you care about through gaming. Like there's always something. There's always a way. So don't just kind of, you know, ugh, he doesn't, all he does is sit in the couch and, you know, play the video games. No, help him to think about a way he or she can use that for the good for somebody else. By the way, that kid could likely be the next great military fighter that our nation could need to to leverage in the ever-changing space. There's so many opportunities. One that is just, it is in my brain and we are 100% going to deploy it in our household is the idea of, I'm going back to little kids, younger kids now, theme birthday parties. You're not going to have two PJ mask birthday parties in your house. It's probably a one and done, right? You're not going to have multiple and again, my kids could have multiple My Little Pony birthday parties. They'd be fine. But you get the idea, right? So when you're done with those decorations, don't just chuck them. Take them to, right? Is there a local uh, women's shelter? Is there a, lo- right? Is there a place that serves uh, lower income families with some housing? 
We've got one locally here that does that. I mean, my son, there are several organizations and the birthday party chapter in the first book has yeah. a where you can take your child's birthday and make it a celebration for other kids who don't have as much. And my son actually worked with an organization called Celebrate You that was started by teenagers. And he started working with him for his bar mitzvah project. So he's like 12 years old, where they would go to domestic violence shelters and every month they would put on a birthday party. So every child in the shelter, whether they had a birthday that month or not, it wasn't one kid's individual party. It was a party for anyone celebrating their birthday that month. And of course, everyone else was invited. And the, and the teen, exclusively teen volunteers, wore T-shirts, they made a banner, they put all the kids' names, they had a song they sang, they got donated, they had to go out and get donated cupcakes or, or um, cakes for the kids, mm-hmm. they made little goodie bags. They created a birthday party that these children would not have had, that of course our kids have crazy big party with all the fixins, right? So you can still have that party for your kid. I'm not suggesting you don't, right? I've done tons of these parties sure. for my but what can you do beyond that? You can make one of the activities of your birthday party, creating a birthday box. And there's an organization that will collect those for children in the hospital, for children in, in homeless and domestic violence shelters, where you have everyone donate, you know, a can of frosting, a box of cake, you know, the, the funny hats, a little, a little toy. I mean, it's so simple and they can decorate the box. They can create a card. You know, it's just like you were saying with the little care kits or little food kits. These are fun activities. They keep kids engaged. And it's an opportunity to talk about how fortunate we are and how we're going to share our good fortune with others. That's exactly right. It's uh, service before self, is strength of purpose, is community impact. Checking all three boxes for me today, Natalie. We love to to be able to do that. She's Natalie Silverstein. The first book was Simple Acts, The Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back. The new one coming out soon is The Busy Teen's Guide to Giving Back. So tell folks where they can find you, where they can find it, where they can potentially pre-order it. Give us some info. Yes, absolutely. So it's on Amazon. It's actually Simple Acts, The Busy Teen's Guide to Making a Difference. Love it. Tiny little there, but I think they thought it would be a, you know, to help kids think about being a change maker, right? Love Making it. an impact on the world. So it's available on Amazon, on Bookshop, or independent booksellers. I do have a website, which is just simpleaxeguide.com, and it links there to all, you know, to all those sites, and both books are listed there. You can still get the old one. I believe it's still on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's probably on sale. Um, and my social media handle, my Instagram mostly, because I love to ampl- amplify other nonprofits and great positive stories that I that I see out there in social media. I only amplify positive stories is um, at Simple Axe Guide. Love it. Good. Uh, makes more good happen. That's right. And that's why we find opportunities to put it out there. And look, we get it. We're living in a time where we feel very sort of polarized and divided on a lot of issues. Uh, Quite frankly, I think we can push a lot of that aside. And if we focus on doing things outside of ourselves, maybe putting others first, even if it's little things, the rest of that stuff tends to fade away. We haven't, I didn't ask Natalie where she goes to church, who she voted for. None of that matters. None of that matters in, in, in as being two humans who want to do good and want you guys to continue to do good because we know that it is, uh, it just it just passes on to other people. It's contagious. And it's all we have left at this point. It's the most important thing we have. Exactly right. Man, I've loved this conversation today. We should do this again sometime. Brian, thank you so much. Go get the new book, guys. Go get the first book. Go get all of it. Uh, and just uh, go support uh, Natalie, because she's doing great things. And uh, man, it's just been a, been a joy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Brian. She is Natalie Silverstein. I'm Brian Jodas. And that's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>